Hello, everyone. It's uh, Brother Kapow. Happy Columbus Day, October 9th, 2017. Monday, October 9th, 2017. I, once again, am flying solo. And there's a good valid reason why Miss Kapow isn't here with me today. Good valid reason. Today's Monday, and I'm doing the show about uh, 2 o'clock in the afternoon Pacific time. We normally pre-record the show uh, the day before it airs, and that way we get it done, and then it airs that day early in the morning. Yesterday, Sunday, on the 8th, we were all excited to jump into the book of Psalms, chapter 2, and all week, both of us had been preparing, and Miss Kapow, like I said, is more of an expert on the Psalms than I am. She's read them and really... Um, finds a lot of connections and meanings and New Testament meanings and in the Psalms much more than, than I have in the past. And unfortunately she couldn't be with us last week. And, but this week she had prepared all her notes all week and we were ready to go and we couldn't record the show yesterday and now today that I'm recording it, she is busy. She has other commitments on Mondays that she needs to do. So she can't be here. And I felt the need to record the show. But you're asking, well, why, Brother Kapow, couldn't you record the show yesterday? I'm going to tell you before we get into the book of Psalms, chapter 2. Hopefully I'll get into that. But let me tell you something. I was attacked by a demonic spirit, a major, major slap, attack, sucker punch, whatever you want to call it. I got hit and I got hit hard and I'm still affected by it. And I'm still about 90, I'm about 95% okay. Um, maybe 10%, uh, 15% not okay. My head is still a little foggy and groggy. And let me tell you what happened. Saturday night was fine. Not a big deal at all. Um, regular night, you know, we had walked the dogs. I had played some music before practicing some songs. Um, we came back, watched a little YouTube. Um, you know, I mean, nothing, nothing eventful, anything like that. Nothing weird. And go to bed that night and, um, you know, do our usual prayers and pray for protection and whatnot. And not, not any issues, no problem at all. And I had even gotten up in the wee hours of the morning um, and it wasn't any problem. And at about 5.30 in the morning, I heard Miss Kapow get up and uh, she was she had a little she had a little attack herself a couple of days ago where her back just went out for no reason, just went out. So uh, she's she's much better, but she still can't bend down and lift, you know, on heavy object. It just went out. She doesn't have back problems at all. We're very, you know, pretty athletic for her age. And so I heard her get up at 530 in the morning. And one of our dogs who was on the bed is a little chunky, a little heavy. And so I got up and took the dog down, put it on the floor for uh, Miss Kapow so she wouldn't have to do it. And I was fine. And then being lazy that I am, I said, well, I'm going to go back to sleep and, and get a little shut eye, right? So I go back to bed and this never happens to me. I never sleep this late. If I if I went back to bed at 530, normally I'd get up, you know, maybe 615 or something, you know, about 45 minutes later. But I didn't wake up till after eight. It was about 820 in the morning. Highly unusual for me. And we had gone to bed around 1030. So this was highly unusual to sleep this long. And uh, I, I got up out of bed and uh, I was fine. And I went to the bathroom. And while I was in the bathroom, all of a sudden, I got hit with this intense vertigo and dizziness that was so heavy it it the only way i can describe it is if um you know you were blindfolded and just spun around spun around spun around maybe on a on a miracle round or a machine um a carnival ride or something where it produced this intense dizziness this intense vertigo in your head 
where you couldn't even open your eyes. You couldn't even, everything was just blurry. Just the, everything surrounding the room was spinning. And it came on me suddenly, just like that. I was okay one moment, the next moment I'm not. Just incredible. And I knew I was in trouble and I knew I wasn't going to be able to do a whole lot um, in taking care of myself. It it literally physically took me out of the game. I could not fight this. I couldn't I couldn't resist it. Uh, and I'm going to tell you something. If, if these are weapons of angelic warfare or fallen angel warfare, if these are alien weapons to be used on mankind, uh, there's not even a chance of winning any kind of war against them, obviously. It totally in, incapacitates you. You you can't fight. You can't do anything because you, you can't stand. You're just, you're out of it. And I started feeling very, very strange mentally also. Um, I could still think, but a lot of things were going through my head and it, it was very foggy and it was almost surreal. Like I was, um, I'm going to be honest with you, it, it felt... Like something was trying to take me over. It was, it felt like something was trying to take over my thoughts and minds. And it was, it was frightening. It really was. And I know, I know Satan is a liar and he was putting lies into my head that I was going to, um, become another person. I was, I was going to be, um, you know, possessed. And become another person. That's really what's going on in my head. It was incredible. And um, I was really nauseated. And two, I had two major symptoms because of the vertigo and, and the spinning, the dizziness. I became very nauseated in the stomach. And um, I, I came out of the, the bathroom and came into the living room. And there's Miss Kapow. And I said, something's wrong with me. I'm not right. And uh, so, you know, she talked to me a little bit. And I could see that I wasn't right in my head. And, um, I had, I had some morning juice. I drank the juice and then I always drink coffee and I, I couldn't even drink the coffee. It just, uh, it just, I couldn't even drink it. It just taste. I was just so dizzy. It just tasted bad and everything. I couldn't deal with it. And I thought maybe I was suffering dehydration or something. So I was drinking a bunch of water and, um, you know, it was like something very physically wrong. And anyway, she, uh, you know, I was concerned. And I said, well, you know, I got to get back to the, uh, you know, the, the restroom. And, uh, you know, I, I got to clean up. I feel like I feel the need that I need to clean up. And and the reason being is, to be honest with you, I, I didn't know if I was going to wind up um, in a hospital. I, I, I didn't know. And I, I wanted to, uh, for some reason, it was important for me to um, be cleaned up, you know, shower and brush my teeth and everything. And it was a major, major ordeal to do that. Major, major deal. I, I mean, I had a hard, hard time just doing routine tasks because I was so sick. So I, I finally got dressed and I, I, you know, crawled out of the room, came back to the, uh, the living room, and uh, I sat down on a, uh, you know, a recliner, a chair that I always sit on. And I stayed there for the next seven to eight hours yesterday, seven or eight hours. I couldn't move. And along with, with this was a deep stupor. I couldn't keep my eyes open. And I thought this thing wants me to go to sleep. And if I go to sleep, it's going to, you know, implant thoughts in my subconscious. It's like sleep paralysis. And I was, I was, um, I was concerned about that. Now, remember, I'm mentally, spiritually praying against this. I am, I'm using everything I have and I am calling on the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the son of God, my savior. And I'm calling upon God through Jesus Christ. And I'm rebuking this thing and I'm coming against it. And I'm saying in the name of Jesus, you know, and I'm quoting scripture, you know, no, um, which no, which uh, you shall not suffer a witch to live, and um, you know, Miss Kapow was saying, "Greater is he that's within you than he's within the world," and she's quoting scripture to me, and um, it's not going away. It's it's not going away at all, and uh, I I don't know what else to do, 
And I don't want to call 911. I don't want to go to the hospital because because I know I know I know that I know that I know that it wasn't of natural causes. I, I wasn't having a brain aneurysm. I wasn't having a heart attack. I, I didn't have high blood pressure. It's not type one or two diabetes. I I know that I know it just came on me suddenly. And it debil- debilitated me all day, all day. I could do nothing. And I sat on that chair and I couldn't keep my eyes open because uh, the room was spinning so bad. The vertical was so bad that I had to close my eyes so that I couldn't see. Uh, if Miss Capel tried to talk to me, I couldn't turn my head and look at her. I just, my eyes uh, were just messed up. And I was, it was so surreal what was going on in my head. It was like, um, it was like I was becoming another person. It was very, very odd. And she's praying. And um, what happens is my ears, my hearing becomes very, very astute. And I start hearing every little noise, every little noise. If she walked, I, it, it sounded like an elephant in the room, you know, really just thunderous. You know, if the dogs uh, were chewing a bone, it just was excruciating to me. And so I told her, I said, I, I need to hear the Bible. I need to uh, hear the word. So on YouTube, she found um, uh, a thing that we've listened to. It's, and I would recommend that you put this on YouTube, King James Version Bible. And they run 24-7, and it just goes through all the books of the Bible. You can start anywhere you want, and it just runs 24-7. And um, the Bible's read to you. And so she found that, and she started with Genesis 1. And I played that and I listened, I listened to the word of God for eight hours, eight hours, because there was no way I was going to close my eyes and go to sleep and let this reptilian take over my brain. And I knew that's what it was. That's what it wanted to do. I I just felt that. Um, Can a Christian be demon possessed? No, I have the Holy Spirit in me, but it certainly can vex me and attack me and torment me. And it was lying to me obviously, but it put me through some paces, man. I mean, I've, I've been through numerous spiritual attacks. I mean, we, we wrote about this in our book, Demons in My Marriage Bed. You can read what we've been through, but there's a lot of stuff that's not in that book that happened afterwards and things. And I've got to say, this was the worst. And I've been attacked with vertigo, vertigo too. 10 years ago, I got attacked with it. Uh, when I was when I was just coming around from getting out of the witchcraft and Satan was really there was a real battle for my soul. I got attacked with it, uh, but it's been 10 years ago and this was worse. That time, the 10 years ago, I got attacked with it. I was able to put on my uniform and go to work because I, I had to go to work that day to do a, an important speech. A co- we had a command staff meeting and I, I, I was doing an important presentation. I had to go and I was sicker than a dog. I threw up on the way to work and everything. But I was able to do it. But yesterday, I wouldn't have been able to do it. I mean, I couldn't get to a car. I couldn't even think the thought of going into the emergency room and hanging out there and having people talk to you and poke and prod you. I just, it just was, I cannot explain it. Um, the spiritual dizziness, the depth of, of evil that was on me. Unbelievable. So uh, she puts on the Bible. I'm, I'm, I lay there with my eyes closed. I, get, I can't move because I, I just the dizziness. I don't want to throw up. So I'm not eating. Um, I didn't eat till way later in the day. And even that was just a little toast, a little soup, because I was afraid I would throw up. But I knew if I didn't eat, I'd be in more trouble in other areas. So I'm trying to take care of myself, but yet there's not a whole lot I can do. And and I'm just listening to the word. Well, I'm falling into deep, deep sleep. I remember I just slept, you know, probably 12 hours, you know, and and I cannot stay awake. And so the word of God is permeating in my ears as uh, as I'm sleeping. And I think that really I really think that saved me. I really do. Having the truth permeating me and it really circumvented the lies in my head. And um, is it really, really um bizarre deal. So Ms. Kapow was praying for me. And as she was laying hands on me, she felt a whole lot of heat on my head, just a lot of heat coming from my head. And as she began to pray, she could feel my, my, the heat reduce, you know, like, you know, something was, was happening. 
And so she she got a hold of her prayer team. If people, if you don't know, you know, Miss Kapow has a, a select few people that she calls when she needs prayer. These people are are selected. Anybody could, you just could, you know, email, you know, uh, Linda at KapowRadioShow.com if you're interested in doing this. But what she wants are people who are really going to pray when she asks you to pray. Uh, so everybody on her list are real people that really pray. They don't just go, oh, yeah, we'll say a prayer. They really stop what they're doing and they pray. And a lot of them get words from the Lord or to get a, get a discernment. And they're able to type back and they're going, I, I, here's what I, I think the Lord is saying in this situation. So it's really important, um, you know, if you have a heavy, heavy need or something happens, uh, Miss Kapal just, she, she puts these text messages out and she can get a hold of this team and they start praying right away. And I'm telling you, it's, it's vital. And there have been some who, who've joined her team, but they haven't um, committed to praying like they should. So they drop by the wayside. So if that's something you're interested, remember though, you know, you need to, you need to do it and have, have that desire to do that. So thank God she has this team. And so she, she puts this team together and she sends a prayer request out. And, uh, uh, Wayne from, um, New Zealand, the, from the Mac family, beautiful brother. And he's on that team and boy, he takes it serious. Um, he, he had re he later on in the afternoon, uh, he was praying and then later on in the afternoon around two or two thirty, I forget what time it was. He had, um, text or emailed, uh, Linda and said, well, I was praying I saw this 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 light piercing the darkness around Paul. Basically, this light was not so much the light at the end of the tunnel, but this light itself was destroying the darkness. And he saw that. And right when she was responding back to him, she was right when she was talking back to him, I got up out of my chair and walked into the kitchen for the first time in, you know, Hours, hours, right, right when he said that. So prayer works, folks. And, um, it, you know, where two or more are gathered, it's vital that we hold one another up. And, um, and you know, like I always say on this show, we're not special and I'm certainly not, um, any more spiritual or knowledgeable or special than anything else. I mean, you know, God has just granted me, uh, the privilege to share some of the things that he shows us. And that's all. And, and, and all the weird stuff we've been through over the years gives us a different insight on spiritual warfare. And, and that's all, you know, as simple as all. And, and we really do take um, what we do seriously and realize that there's a great responsibility if you teach, because um, the last thing we want to do is teach anything that's not of God. And because we're human, it's, you just have to be very careful of that. So I'm telling you, prayer does work. And um, so when I when I got up, I was still messed up, but I was able to walk and for the first time actually talk. And even Miss Kapow said that. She goes, I know you're feeling a little better because now you're talking. <laughs> um, and so I, I had a little something to eat. And, uh, you know, kind of like, you know, with Jesus, the, the, with the little girl, Tabatha, said, you know, raised her from the dead and said, now give her something to eat to strengthen her. I had a little something to eat. Then went back and lay down and just listened to the Bible all day. And I, I couldn't absolutely good do absolutely nothing else. And I didn't do anything else all day. I was absolutely down. But as the day wore on, I felt better and better. Probably about 4.30 or 5, I was able to eat a little dinner and I felt better. And by the uh, by the evening, by 8 o'clock at night, 8.30, I was outside walking my dogs. And I was still, um, dr- you know, druggy, like druggy, but I was able to do that, praise God. Went to bed, slept all night, didn't have a problem. Woke up this morning, still a little droggy, and it's been with me most of the most of the day. And even now as I speak, it's in my head. I call it the price club effect. You know, like if you went to Costco, it used to be called price club. But if you went to Costco and, you know, you start looking around and all that stuff, you know, you know all these things to look at. After a while, you just get lightheaded. That's like that, you know, you're just spinning around. But I don't have the dizziness or the nausea or anything like that. I had no other symptoms, no headache, anything like this. But one thing I noticed is, is uh, I went, I went into the mirror and I looked at my eyes, and my pupils were extremely constricted. They were probably one Now I used to work narcotics, 
So I understand, you know, the pupil, when, you, when I used to do a, a drug recognition, to, in fact, I was a drug recognition expert at one time on the street. And um, I could look at a person's eyes and, and, and tell if they were on um, a central nervous system um, depressant or a stimulant. Mostly at, in that day, it was heroin. And so somebody's eyes that were pinpointed like mine were at 1.0, they would be on an opiate, um, more likely heroin. Either that or you have some brain damage, right? That's why when someone gets a concussion or something, the first thing the doctors do is look at the eyes with a light. Well, mine were extremely pinpointed, abnormally pinpointed, and they stayed that way all day. In fact, this morning they still were. Whereas like Miss Kapow or somebody else, they're like 2.0 or 3.0, something like that. Somebody's on cocaine or meth, they can blow up to 7 or 8. So remember, I'm 1.0, very, very pinpointed. And those are the only symptoms that I have. I have pinpointed eyes that are showing something's wrong with my brain, my head. And then, of course, I'm highly um, nauseous because of the, the vertigo and the dizzy. And I know I was, I didn't, I, you know, I told Ms. Capel, I'm not having a heart attack. It's not an aneurysm. I know it isn't. It's not high blood pressure. I know it's a spiritual thing. And I know just as fast as it went for me, it's going to, it's going to go. I, I know it is. What the purpose is, I don't know. Um, I, I, I don't know why these things are allowed to attack you sometimes like this. I don't know. But it did, and it's real. And I'm telling you, every every week we do this show, especially on Freedom Friday, we we warn everybody who'll listen, hey, the times are so bad right now. There's so much witchcraft flying out there. So much, So many spirits are released that even as a Christian man, I mean, you really really have to um, make sure, you know, you, you are squared away because you get attacked. Now, one of the things I did mentally is run down, like, what, what have I done? What have I brought into my house that may have uh, released this? And you have to think that way. And I'm not one who brings in things. I don't bring in gifts from people. I don't bring in uh, strange items. I don't do that. You know, I, I don't buy weird logos on t-shirts. I don't do that. I'm very cognizant of what I bring into my house because I've been through all this before, man, you know? And, um, I looked at my phone and I looked at some of the pictures I had and I had a picture and I was going to use it for a joke where we eat someone, um, the, they decorated, you know, they're decorating for Halloween and they had this bat like ghost creature on the corner of the wall. And so I took a selfie with it, you know, with my eyes all open, like, Oh, you know, it's at me. And I was going to do a little joke, like, you know, um, you know, they're trying to attack me or something like that. And I looked at that thing and I go, you know, maybe that brought it in. I don't know. Delete, you know, delete. And, um, you know, anything to do with this mass murderer, the Stephen Paddock guy, you know, that lived in my neighborhood, you know, if it was, if I had pictures or something on my phone, delete, delete, delete. And just in case, cause I didn't know. Um, and Ms. Kapow's throwing away t-shirts that she thought maybe, you know, had something weird on them or, you know, who knows. And, um, that's what we do. But, uh, I guess the moral of the story is, is, um, I got hit and I got hit hard, uh, two to three days ago, Miss Kapow just, uh, her back just went out for no reason, just pap. And, uh, she's better now, but she's still got to be careful when she bends down. Um, you know, you can say, well, you know, stuff like that happens, but what happened to me with that vertigo, that is not normal. That's not natural. That was a spiritual demonic attack by a reptilian. And um, let me share something with you. That's very, very odd. I wanted to document my pupils, my constricted pupils. So I went to the bathroom and I took a picture of my face and a close-up of my eyes. And then um, I looked at them and so I, I was, I, they, I have very dark, dark brown eyes. They're almost black. And it's hard to see my pupils. So I thought, well, I'll run them through a photo filter and see if I can uh, bring out the pupils because I want to document um, the, the constricted pupils. So I ran it through a, a, a f several filters, you know, an x-ray filter, a reverse filter, things like that. And one, one is called neon light uh, filter. And I ran it through that. And uh, I was horrified to see what came out. Uh, my whole... <laughs> My, I'm not lying to you, folks. My whole eye area that the picture I took the picture of, um, the white of my eye, uh, my pupil was my my the the uh, the iris itself was pitch black with a little white ring on it. 
but all my skin around my eye, and I'm not lying to you, and I'm not exaggerating, uh, was reptilian. It was a snake. It's snake skin. And, and I know the argument is, well, Paul, you're using a filter, uh, a photographic filter, and it brought that out, the light, blah, blah, blah. Once I felt better, I did an experiment, and I took a picture of Ms. Kapow's face with the same filter, exact same settings. And that's all I did, one filter, that setting. And her face didn't do the same thing. It darkened, but it didn't do the same thing. And um, so outside of, I don't know. But yeah, it's it's bizarre. It, and I don't know if there was just Satan playing with my head again or whatever, but it, it was reptilian. And I think that thing was on me. It was on me like, you know, a fly on chicken, man. <laughs> it wanted my head. It was going after my head. And, you know, maybe the purpose was, is, hey, Paul, you know, um, let's see what your fighting skills are now. You know, it's been a while since you got in a good fight. And um, let's see what let's see what you do. How, how do you rely on the Lord? And I'm telling you, there was nothing I can do but rely on him. Nothing. Nothing. I was helpless. There was no lemon juice I can take. There was no pillow I can lay on. There was no exercise I can do. I was helpless. Helpless. That's why I said, if this is an alien weapon, you know, humanity screwed. It reminded me of the story we did a couple of weeks ago on Freedom Friday on the uh, Cuban, the Americans that were in the Cuban embassy and how they had a mysterious illness. And the symptoms were very similar, except a lot of them lost uh, hearing. They lost hearing and they had concussion like symptoms. I, and I imagine their their pupils would have been constricted like a concussion. Some of them um, said they heard loud noises and things. Others didn't. But they they uh, experienced extreme dizziness and vertigo and nausea. And it was a, like a mystery weapon or something that happened to them. And um, we pulled them all out of there. And then the Trump administration expelled uh, the Cuban diplomats from here because they believed that it was a weapon used against our people. Well, just two days ago, I I posted another article on our Facebook page uh, where some regular citizens went to Cuba and experienced the same thing, the same mystery symptoms. And and though mine aren't exactly the same, they're, they're very similar with the extreme vertigo, dizziness, and nausea. Uh, except for I didn't lose hearing. My hearing actually became more acute, uh, which is interesting. That's the other thing Wayne uh, said. That um, after he was praying for me, his hearing also became very acute, very noticeable. Uh, interesting um, how discernment works, things like that work. Uh, that's why it's important to have real people who are really committed uh, to God praying in your behalf. Because when you need them, man, you need them. That's biblical. Oh, my goodness. And um, and I'm so I'm telling you about the reptilian eye and I put a couple of filters on there and I, you know, finally put a filter where I can see that pupil and some other, you know, you know, they're filters. So you look kind of weird. Um, but I'm telling you, man, um, and I was even thinking about, hey, posting that so you guys could see it. But I'm, I, I don't think I'm going to do that. It's that's just a weird, weird private thing. It's just really weird. And um, I probably regret even saying it. <laughs> you know, because, you know, I get some trolls going, he's a reptilian, you know. Um, and I think for that for that moment that, you know, that picture, I took that picture. I think one was really on me and trying to get in me, you know, uh, knowing full well it never could because you have the spirit of Christ in you. But, hey, hey, let's not give it a why not give it a try and put this guy through the paces? You know, let's shut him up a little bit. I don't know what the reason is. I really don't. You know, I'm not going to sit there and go, it's because, you know, we expose him and, you know, he's trying to just take me out because of my great ministry and my great Bible teaching. You know, hey, there's a lot of good. There's a lot better people out there than me talking about the Bible and exposing, you know, these things. Um, you know, I, I don't know. You know, maybe it was a personal training thing. I don't know. I, I, I don't have any answer. I just know what happened. And um, I'm not exaggerating at all uh, this story. So. That is why <laughs> we we didn't get a show done yesterday. I was taken out, and we were looking forward to it too. She had all her notes, and you know maybe that's the reason why you know. Um, but like I said, I, I'm not going to be so braggadocious to think that you know the gates of hell are coming against me because I'm you know going to teach psalms. Uh, but um, 
I, you know, I don't know. I, I don't know. And of course I don't have access to all, you know, everybody who lives on my block or the neighborhood to see if anybody else got sick. Um, I, you know, I just don't know. So anyway, I think that's it. I beat enough of that dead horse. If you have any questions, uh, email me. I, don't message me on Facebook because I don't have messenger on my phone. I, I refuse to get that app. I just, I don't like it. Uh, I'm not going to get it. So if you message me, I can only get it if I fire up my computer and, you know, it might be a while. But if you you, you want to communicate, I prefer email paul at kapowradioshow.com, you know, or any of our websites, fifthhookmedia.com or kapowradioshow.com. You can uh, click on the send a message button. I get that. All right. So enough of that. Um, I have um, 30 minutes left uh, and... I don't know if that's enough time to really get in the Psalms, but um, let me give it a shot, okay? Let's take a commercial break, and then we'll get in the Psalms too, and I'll do the best I can. Hello, this is Professor Lamsrath from the Institute of Prophetic Studies in Southern California. Are you tired of going to church, yet getting nothing from it? Do you feel good on Sunday, but defeated by Monday? Does your church fail to equip you with the necessary tools to live out your Christianity? And does your church leave you powerless? Have you ever wondered why? Well, you are not alone. I strongly suggest you read Eyes to See Unseen Enemies by Paul and Linda Villanueva. This book examines and explains the problems with so many of today's churches and ministries. You will learn about the false spirits invading churches and the occult practices that have crept into the house of God. More importantly, you will get the tools needed to protect yourself and the ones you love. Eyes to See Unseen Enemies is available at all online digital book retailers such as Amazon, iBooks, and Barnes & Noble. Go to fifthhookmedia.com, F-I-F-T-H-O-O-K-M-E-D-I-A.com for further information. This is Professor Lamsrath, and I am making Eyes to See Unseen Enemies required reading in all of my courses. So I'll see you in class. Okay, this is some good stuff here. I do wish Miss Kapow was here because she had some um, great insight. But that's just the way it rolls when you get um, hit by a laser reptilian weapon from Alpha Centauri or whatever the hell they're from. Right? Okay. Psalm 2. Why do the heathen rage? And the people imagine a vain thing. The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, let us break their bands asunder and cast away their cords from us. He that sitteth in the heavens shall laugh. The Lord shall have them in derision. Ha ha. Then shall he speak unto them in his wrath and vex them in his sore displeasure. Yet have I set my king upon my holy hill of Zion. I will declare the decree. The Lord hath said unto me, thou art my son. This day have I begotten thee. Ask of me and I shall give thee the heathen for thine inheritance and the uttermost parts of the earth for thy possession. Thou shalt break them with a rod of iron. Thou shalt dash them in pieces like a potter's vessel. Be wise now, therefore, O ye kings. Be instructed, ye judges of the earth. Serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. Kiss the son, lest he be angry, and ye perish from the way when his wrath is kindled, but just a little. Blessed are all they that put their trust in him. Wow, 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 wow. By the way, going back to the reptilian thing, last night, once I felt better, my prayer to God, my request to God is to send the posse after that thing or those things that attacked me, round them up, dissect them, totally tear them apart and throw them in the pit until the day of judgment. Do not let these things attack you and get away. Go after them and then cut their heads off, destroy them, whatever you need to do with your spiritual weapons. Um, don't listen to people going, you can't do that. This is going to do the day of judgment. Don't listen to anybody. 
you do what you need to do and you go after these things. If you let them stay, they'll come back or they'll go haunt somebody else. Go after them and destroy them. Get the word out. They mess with you. They die. Simple as that. Okay. Why do the heathen rage? Let's look at this. This is some good stuff, folks. Why do the heathen rage and the people imagine a vain thing? The kings of the earth set themselves. Also, the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed. You know why? Because they want to break their bands asunder and cast away their cords from them. Okay, so let's look at this. Let's look at this. There's a hostility towards God and a hostility towards his Christ, his beloved son. There's a hostility. And there has been since Jesus Christ came on scene and was born unto a virgin and became God-made flesh. There's been hostility towards him ever since and towards God. And they don't want to be ruled under his government. You dig that? They want to break those bands and those bonds to God and to Christ. They they don't want to sit under that government. Uh, they have a problem because uh, it's going to happen. Sorry, reptilians. Screw you. It's written. It's prophesied. It is what it is. I don't care if you like it or not. They, they, let's look at who they are, who are furious. They're furious, though it's a, it's futile, but they have a furious hostility towards God and towards Christ. And they don't want God to carry out his purpose. And that purpose is more stated even more fully in his son, Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And so uh, they're, they're in a big trouble. Okay. So why do the heathen rage? Who are the heathen? It's a, it's, it's also, this is the first prophecy in Psalms. This is the very first prophecy in Psalms. And it's largely unfulfilled except in verse seven, when you have um, Christ uh, coming, being the beloved son, but it's largely unfulfilled yet. So it's really kind of cool because it's prophetic in what's going down. <laughs> okay. Why do the heathen? It's a prophetic vision. The heathen are peoples and nations. It's the goyim. It's used of non-Israel, of non-Jews in its day, right? They're the regular heathen, the regular nations, not Israel. And it says, why do the heathens, and I'm going I'm to get really specific on who they were and who they are, uh, but first let me cover this ground. They're peoples and nations. It's a tumultuous assembly, and they're raging with a fury, like the raging of the sea, and they're designing to resist God's government. And the writer of the Psalms here, which is David, breaks forth into an exclamation in which uh, the words are mingled surprised at their folly and an indignation at their rebellion. It's like, wow, you guys are stupid. All right. So the heathen are, are generally uh, people, the nations, as opposed to Jews. Now, the people now it says and the people imagine a vain thing. I'm telling you, I'm going to show you where the people Later on in Acts are referred to the Jews. So it's it's not it's not just the non-Jews raging against God and his Messiah. It's Israel and the Jewish people. Uh-huh. That's right. The Jewish people. So all this this Zionism, all this stuff about uh, a nation state over there called Israel, you've got to really rethink a lot of this stuff. Because this is talking about the people themselves raging. The Jews themselves raging. I'm going to prove this to you. And then the kings and the rulers led on um, on their subjects. These are the the heathen kings and the Jewish rulers. And I'm going, to, I'm going to show that to you. And they set themselves. That means they take a stand. And they literally sit together in the council. They, they talk about it. They denote the deliberation. And they want to separate themselves from God and his Messiah. Right? And you know the Hebrew word Messiah which is translated the Greek word Christ. It's an anointing as an emblem of the gifts of the Holy Spirit was conferred on the prophets. So is the Messiah. The title is well-suited Christ who holds all of the office of prophet, king, you know, everything and high priest. Mm-hmm. So he's, he's the Messiah and they want to break those bands and those cords, the restraints of that government, Right. 
because this Christ figure, he's bold. He's bold. And things are going to happen, and they don't want that to happen. And that's why God sits in the heavens and laughs. So let's look. Let's look at who these heathen, these rulers, and these people are. Um, Let's go to, let's see here. Let's go to Acts. Oh, you're going to like this. You're going to like this. Acts chapter 4, verse 25. Peter and John had just got done going to the temple. And by the Holy Spirit, they laid hands on this guy who hadn't walked in, you know, 40 years. And he starts walking and leaping. And, you know, hopefully you know the story. It's amazing. So instead of the Jewish leaders, okay, the rulers and the people, instead of them rejoicing over this, uh, they grab Peter and John, they throw them in prison and they threaten them. If you start in verse 21, it says, uh, and they're talking about the Jewish people. It says uh, they they command Peter and John not to speak of the things um, of Christ. Um, so and Peter says, for we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. So when they had further threatened them, they let them go, finding nothing how they might punish them because of the people. See, there were some people that saw this miracle and were like, wow, and glorifying God for it. For all men glorified God for that which was done. For the man was above 40 years old on whom this miracle of healing was showed. This is the guy he hadn't walked in 40 years and uh, now was healed by Christ. And being let go, Peter and John went to their own company and reported all that the chief priest and the elders had said unto them. Those are the, the Jewish rulers. They're chief priests and elders. They're the religious Jewish rulers. Verse 24, and when they heard that, they lifted up their voice to God with one accord and said, Lord, thou art God, which hath made heaven and earth and the sea and all that is in them. Okay, now check out verse 25. Check it out. Who by the mouth of thy servant David, the psalm, right, have said, why did the heathen rage and the people imagine vain things? So they tie Psalm 2, why do the heathen rage and the people imagine a vain thing, right with the time that they're being persecuted by the rulers of Israel for doing the miracle of Jesus Christ. It shows you that the rulers of Israel at that time didn't want anything to do with God or his Messiah and to sit under their rule. And it goes on, verse 26, it says, the kings of the earth stood up And the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ. Wow. So you're going, well, who's the kings of the earth and who's the rulers? Well, it goes on to explain it. Acts 4.27. For of a truth against thy holy child, Jesus, whom thou hast anointed. He's the Mashiach. He's the anointed one. He's the Messiah, the Mashiach. Both Herod. Now, who was Herod? He was the king. He was a Jew. But he was the king. Both Herod and Pontius Pilate. Who was Pontius Pilate? He was a Roman, but he was a ruler. <laughs> Both Herod and Pontius Pilate with the Gentiles. Who are the Gentiles? The Romans. And the people of Israel. Who are the people of Israel? Were gathered together. <laughs> For to do whatever thy hand and thy counsel determined before to be done. In other words, they crucified the Messiah. They didn't want to be ruled by Messiah, and so they killed him. Who did? Herod, a Jewish king, Pontius Pilate, a Gentile ruler of the earth, the people of Israel, the regular people. And um, yeah, it's all there in Psalm 2. It's all applied here in Acts 4. It tells you, it clarifies what this psalm was predicting. And did it stop? Now, once this happened and they killed Christ, now the nation state of Israel, the rulers there, the 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 heathen, everybody else, the people are not taking uh, rage against God and Christ and now everything's cool? No, this was the beginning of it. It's been going on for 2,000 years, but it's about the end. It's about the end. <laughs> it's about the end, you know, for these guys. No, they're threatening and raging. It's, it's, I'm sorry. 
It's over. It's not over, you guys. Right? Yeah. They killed Messiah 2,000 years ago, and they've been raging ever since. Uh, it's about time to pull the plug. Verse 29 says, And now, Lord, behold their threatening, and grant unto thy servants that with all boldness they may speak thy word. And that's what I pray. Let me just speak thy word with boldness right now. Even though I got attacked by a reptilian, you can rage. But you're not going to win. You're not going to win. You can't win because it's predicted that you're not going to win. Verse 30, by stretching forth thine hand to heal, I got healed, and that signs and wonders may be done by the name of thy holy child, Jesus Christ. I got healed by signs and wonders by the Kapow team that Linda puts together, the prayer team. They prayed unto God, and it was a sign of miraculous healing. And I got delivered from uh, the alien demonic presence that was trying to take over my brain yesterday. And when they had prayed, the place there was shaken (laughs) where they were assembled together and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and they spake the word of God with boldness. You get it? They got blessed, man. And the multitude of them that believed were of one heart and one soul. Neither said any of them that aught of the things which he possessed was his own, but they all had all things in common. Oh, it was, it was the day. It was the day, man. It was the early days of Pentecost. Holy Spirit reigned. He didn't have all this nonsense that we have today. Praise God. His deliverance is good, folks. Right? So you understand now who the heathen are. You understand who the people are and who the kings of the earth are and the rulers. And they take counsel together and uh, they sit and they set themselves against God and his anointed ones. Let us break their bands asunder. Good luck, reptilians. It ain't going to happen. And here's why. He that sitteth in the heavens shall laugh. The Lord shall have them in derision. What does that mean? Let me tell you what that means. Derision, it means to deride Mm -hmm. by implication. Uh, Like as if intimidating a foreigner, (laughs) an alien, (laughs) to speak unintelligibly. Having derision, to laugh, to scorn, to scorn, to mock, it's stammering. It's ridiculing. They're deride. God is going to like mock and ridicule and laugh. And he's going to laugh and he's going to speak to them. Hey, I'm going to have a little talk with you. God's up there going, hey, hey, alien. Hey, hey, lizard guy. I'm going to, hey, I'm going to have a little talk with you. You and I are going to have a little chat because it says, then he shall speak unto them in his wrath. Oh, yeah, it's the, the Hebrew word is debar. It's not just I'm going to speak. I'm going to talk like Brother Kapow's talking. Debar means um, it, it means to like appoint or command, declare. It's a declaration. It's a pronouncement. It's not just, oh, he's going to just have a little word. He's going to declare. He's going to command unto you in his wrath. And that's exactly what that means. It means wrath, wrath, anger. Yeah, he's a God of wrath, Mr. Reptilian. And he's going to vex them in his sore displeasure. That means to trouble inwardly, to, to alarm, to agitate, to make anxious, to make afraid. Oh, man, to disturb them. Is that what's going on today? Look around you on the nations. Look at our look at our nation here in America. Look at uh, the nations around the world. Are they distressed? They're vexed. They don't know what's going on. They don't know how to handle it. They've refused the government of God and his Messiah. And it's time that God's going to have a little word with them, right? A little debar. Hey, you attacked my, uh, you attacked my little brother Kapow for no reason. And I don't like that. No. God doesn't like that. And he comes against all witchcraft. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, all witchcraft, we bind you in the name of Jesus. We come against you. We come against you and we bind you. 
And I take my sword of the spirit and I cut you asunder in many, many pieces. And I throw you to the dogs like a Jezebelian spirit in which you are. The dogs lap the blood and left nothing but your fingers and your hands and your toes. And then they pooped you out in the field. I declare that unto you in the name of Jesus. I suffer no witch to live. Verse 6. Yet have I set my king upon my holy hill of Zion. I will declare the decree the Lord hath said unto me, Thou art my son, this day have I begotten thee. <laughs> oh my gosh, it's a decree. Ah, it says, it's done. I'm telling you right now, I've set my son. <laughs> oh, Zion, he sees the king. You guys are screwed. Uh, the day have I begotten thee. He shall be my son. The interpretation of the passage, it describes the inauguration of Christ as the king, the mediatorial king. By no means does it say he didn't exist before as the son of God. Of course he did. Look at Acts 13.33. God hath fulfilled the same unto us, their children, and that he hath raised up Jesus again, as it is also written in the second Psalm, thou art my son, this day have I begotten thee. All right. Uh, the quotation does not imply an application of this passage just to the resurrection for raised up. In Acts 13.32, it says, And we declare unto you glad tidings, how that the promise which was made unto the fathers, God hath fulfilled the same unto us, their children, that he hath raised up Jesus, right? It's a, it, Christ was promised, not just in the resurrection, but coming in the flesh, right? That's why they've been raging. They, they you know, they, they were raging against God before, but now they rage against God and his, his anointed one. Okay, in Acts 2.30, says, Therefore, being a prophet and knowing that God had sworn with an oath to him that of the fruit of his loins, according to the flesh, that he would raise up Christ to sit on his throne. Talking about David in the Psalms. In Acts 3.22, For Moses truly said unto the fathers, A prophet shall the Lord your God raise up unto you of your brethren like unto me. Him shall uh, you hear in all things. So the raising up is not um, just the resurrection. Let's look at uh, Romans 1, 4. And declare to be the Son of God with power according to the spirit of holiness by the resurrection from the dead, by whom we have received grace and apostleship for the obedience to the faith among all nations for his name. And in that case, it is used, the raising up as resurrection. In the other case, it's used as he's raised up or um, says that he was declared to be the divine nature to be his divine nature, to be the son of God by the resurrection. And it also teaches that that event manifested a truth that already existed. He was already the son of God, right? His eternal sonship. It's a similar recognition of his sonship is introduced in Hebrews 5, 5, where it says, so also Christ glorified not himself to be made a high priest, but he um, that said unto him, thou art my son today, have I begotten thee, right? Uh, also, Matthew three seventeen, and lo, a voice from heaven saying, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. That was well before the resurrection. Matthew 17, 5, and while he yet spake, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them and behold, a voice of the cloud said, uh, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Hear ye him. Both incidents before the resurrection. All right. So it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. Basically, God is just slapping the heck out of all these kings of the earth and all these reptilians and going, um, you're resisting, but I'm going to let me have a little talk to you, a little debar in your ear. I declare that uh, uh, Jesus Christ is my son and uh, well, he's coming back. And he says, ask of me. Now he's talking to Christ now. He says, ask of me and I shall give thee the heathen for thy inheritance. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give them to you. I'm going to let you come back in wrath. You're going to be lamb's wrath. Okay. And the uttermost parts of the earth for thy possession. And here's what Christ is going to do. This is a prophecy, unfulfilled as of yet, but it's going to happen any time here. And it says, thou shalt break them with a rod of iron. Thou shalt dash them in pieces like a potter's vessel. That's one of the reasons why I don't let a reptilian demonic attack go un, um, 
unavenged. I send posses of angels to go grab them, rip them up, stab them with swords, burn them with uh, fire, whatever they need to do. And then uh, they're held uh, totally destroyed until the day of judgment, and then they're permanently uh, removed. Um, because that's what Christ is going to do. So they don't like that. Okay, verse 10 says, Be wise now, therefore, O you kings, and be instructed, ye judges of the earth. You know, we already know who he's talking about. We already know who he's talking about. He says, Serve the Lord. Serve Yahweh with fear and rejoice with trembling. That's that's a strong suggestion for you guys. Verse 12, kiss the sun. That means that's a that's a sign of um, you know, humility and submission. To any anybody that's great, kiss the sun. At least he'd be angry. And if he's angry, guess what? You're going to perish from the way when his wrath is, is kindled but a little. It just takes a little bit of wrath. And uh, wait till it's really heated up, folks. So blessed. Now, here's, here's your blessing. Blessed are all they that put their trust in him. See, because you're not like these other idiots up there. You're not like the heathen that are raging. And you're not like the kings of the earth and all that stuff. Yeah. Oh wow. So it's um it's it's a it's a beautiful thing what God has declared. God has declared that all the earth, all the people, all the enemies are going to be subject to his terrible power. Let's look at Job 4:9. By the blast of God they perish and by the breath of his nostrils nostrils they are consumed. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, reptilian. Second Thessalonians 2.8. And then shall that wicked be revealed whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. Are you kidding me? And you're still rebelling against them? Okay, Psalm 110.2. The Lord shall send the rod of thy strength out of Zion. Rule thou in the midst of thy enemies. Who's that? We just learned who that was. Verse 3. Thy people shall be willing in the day of thy power and the beauties of holiness. From the womb of the morning, thou hast the dew of thy youth. The rod of iron. Okay, Revelation 2.27. And he shall rule them with a rod of iron. As the vessels of a potter shall they be broken the shivers, even as I received of my father. Where did that come from? Where did that come from? Verse 9, God says to his Messiah, Thou shalt break them with a rod of iron. Thou shalt dash them in pieces like a potter's vessel. (laughs) Revelation 2.27, where did that come from? And he shall rule them with a rod of iron. As the vessels of a potter shall they be broken to shivers, even as I received of my father. That's Psalm 2. It's prophetic. It's prophecy. It's real prophecy. It's not David Mead prophecy that the world's going to start to end October 15th. This is real prophecy. This is all that matters. Nibiru doesn't matter. Flat earth don't matter. Hollow earth don't matter. Reptilians don't matter. Demonology don't even really matter. What matters is this. It's, it's going to be over. I don't care if you're pre-trip, post-trip, no-trip, pan-trip. I don't matter. What matters is this. He's going to rule the rod of iron. He's going to smash these people and these 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 rebellious nut jobs into pieces. And when a potter's vessel is just smashed, it can't be mended. It's utter destruction. You can't get gorilla glue. It's over. The judges, the rulers, they've been leaders in rebellion. And they really should be examples of Submission for fear of the terrible judgments that's coming. Mm. And they should kiss the sun, acknowledge his authority. And they're going to perish if they don't. Because in a little while, his wrath's going to be kindled. But for us, okay, we take refuge in him. That's what I had to do yesterday, man. When it just, I just got attacked. I just got sucker punched. By this, uh, you know, this huge reptilian, just sucker punches. I'm going to take over your brain and your body, and I'm going to make you what um, another person, and I'm going to control you. That's what it was trying to do or say to me, and I couldn't fight that. 
like I said, I couldn't do exercises or drink lemon juice or meditate. I couldn't do anything but sit on a chair for seven to eight hours and listen to the word of God permeate through me. And by the way, I learned some good stuff in my sleep, listening to Genesis and uh, even Leviticus (laughs) about the oblation and the sacrifice. Yeah, that's right. I got to tell you, Leviticus talks about the oblation and the sacrifice to uh, that was required to um, amend for the sins of the people. And guess who put an end to all oblation and sacrifice? I'm going to give you a clue. It wasn't the Antichrist. It's not the Antichrist that's going to do it in a seven-year tribulation. It was Jesus Christ who put an end to all oblation and sacrifice through his death. Jesus Christ quit associating the work of Christ to the Antichrist. Leviticus talks about oblation and sacrifice. I heard it yesterday in my stupor. I heard it over and over again, and it kept coming to me. Guess who put an end to that? Jesus Christ. Why why would the Antichrist put an end to oblation and sacrifice? Is there oblation and sacrifice going on today in Israel? How many, how many animals are they doing? Is there a Jewish priesthood? Is there a temple? No. There is no oblation or sacrifice. In order for the Antichrist to put an end to it, there'd have to be a third temple built. It's not scriptural. It's stupid. Jesus Christ. Daniel 9.24 is talking about Jesus Christ. Quit taking the work what he did and associating it to the devil. Okay. We take refuge in him. We put our trust in him. Psalm 511 says, but let all those that put their trust in thee rejoice. Let them ever shout for joy because thou defendest them. That's right. He defends you. Let them also that love thy name be joyful in thee. Hey, it didn't happen right away, but when I got attacked, it took seven or eight hours. But I tell you, there was a prayer team there. People were beseeching for my behalf, praying for my behalf. I was praying for my behalf. I searched my heart. Did I bring this on me? I cried out to God, and guess what? It didn't happen immediately, but I'm telling you what, seven or eight hours is better than, uh, you know, seven or eight months. He delivered me because I put my trust in him. I couldn't put my trust in anything else. I put my trust in God through Jesus Christ. All those that put their trust in thee rejoice. I'm rejoicing right now. I'm ever shouting for joy because he defended me. I sent the posse out to get that guy. He defends me. And I love his name. And I'm going to be joyful in it. And men still cherish opposition to Christ in their hearts and invents it in their lives, their ruin, without trusting in God and Christ is inevitable. Hebrews 10.29 says, Of how much sore punishment suppose ye shall heap be thought worthy who hath trodden underfoot the son of God and hath counted the blood of the covenant wherewith he was sanctified an unholy thing and hath done despite unto the spirit of grace. And you say, Oh, once saved, always saved. That's not what that scripture says. Their ruin is inevitable and their happiness and his favor is equally sure. That's right. It's equally sure. Blessed are all they that put their trust in him. Amen. Good night. Have a beautiful week. And we will talk to you, Lord willing, on Freedom Friday.